Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. this afternoon to come before you once again. Dear Lord, what a day that you have selected and chosen us to be a part of this great and wonderful kingdom. Father, we are thankful for our mothers. We are thankful, Lord, for the women that you have given us in this church. Lord, we are thankful for the love that is within these women. Father, we are thankful that the love amongst them is so tangible. We are thankful, Lord, that amongst groups of women, there is such peace. Lord, we say it to your glory. It is not the doing of a man. Therefore, God, we ask, even this day, that you speak to us. Bless us. Lord, may we not leave your presence the same as we came, but may we leave with another step closer in our walk with you. Spirit of God, have your way. We silence every voice that is not of God. Every foul and familiar spirit that is here shall not prevail. And we superimpose the spirit of God over every spirit that is not of God. Let your will be done this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord and you may be seated. Amen. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we are going to continue with our message on the art of ministry. In Lighthouse Chapel International, um, beginning last week, Sunday, we started what we call the Feeding 527. And uh, Feeding 527, it is something that has come to stay with us and something that is blessing us so much in the book of Thessalonica and um, uh, the fifth chapter, the first book of Thessalonians, the fifth chapter and verse 27, Paul wrote a letter to the pastor of the church and he said he charged him to ensure that this letter is read to the whole church. This letter is read to the whole church. Now, Paul realized that um, he was writing powerful epistles. He was writing very powerful messages to these leaders of the churches. And perhaps he noticed that not everyone was hearing the messages in the letters. And so when he wrote his letter to um, the pastor of the church in Thessalonica, he said, make sure that this episode is read to the entire church. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we have come to realize that um, the, the bishop has been anointed so much that he's writing so many books, very anointed books. His messages are put in preaching. I mean, his preaching is put in books. And not many of us are reading the books. 
the messages are blessing so many people except the members of Lighthouse, which they are primarily intended for. And they are not reading them. A lot of you own the books, but you don't read them. And that is the reason why we choose on a day or on a set of weeks, number of weeks, to share from one of the books. And I have come to realize that each time we share from the book, the church grows and the members are established and um, our work with God gets so powerful. Hallelujah. And the reason is that there's so much anointing in the words of the book. Now, we intend that everyone has a copy of the book. And I understand that some of you do not have your copies. And the books are still, uh, the ones that we ordered, the second badge that we ordered, have not arrived yet. Um, they, um, we don't have the supplies yet. But uh, one thing that I can encourage you to do is to go online and buy electronic copy uh, of the book. And you can have it on your iPad, your, any tablet device that you have on your phone, and everywhere that you go, you have the book. And as we are sharing, you also open to the pages. And we read. That is what we are doing. We read from the book, and we are blessed. Isn't it wonderful? You see, Lighthouse is not a church that intends to make ourselves so mysterious. Do you understand? That, you know, we have also come with some mysterious message that we are sharing. We are all reading from the book, and you know the message that the pastor is sharing. I believe a lot of you know which pages we are going to even continue now. Hallelujah. But um, I, I believe that when we share the books together like this, we get blessed. The Lord adds some supernatural anointing and power to it. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that this afternoon you are going to be blessed also. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So we want to continue where we left off last week. We want to continue where we left off last Sunday. Because last Tuesday we began sharing also from another chapter. But today we want to continue where we left off the chapter on last Sunday, which was chapter 2. Amen. Amen. And I want to read this scripture um, so we can continue. Uh, if you will turn with me to Exodus, Exodus chapter 1 and verse 8. Exodus chapter 1 and verse number 8. Exodus chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Now the people of Israel have come to Egypt and they have lived there. Joseph was a prime minister. He was a favorite in Egypt. He, um, God used him to do so many wonderful things in Egypt and he became so powerful. And so the people of Egypt, uh, people of Israel were sort of given some special privileges. They were given to live in Koshen, a very fertile land where they could raise their cattle. They, they, become, they became very rich and they became very powerful and they were increasing. And Pharaoh at the time treated them very well. Man, now the scripture is saying here that a new Pharaoh arose. He said there was a new king which knew not Joseph. There was this new king who had no idea who Joseph was. 
And the Bible says, And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. This is the king of Egypt. This is what he noticed, that the people of God are becoming mightier than they are. So he says to them, he calls his leaders, and he says, come on, let us deal wisely with them. Let us deal wisely with them. Let us deal wisely with these people of God. And the reason why they are, come, they, they are coming together to take this plan is because the people are becoming mighty. Amen. Amen. He says, let us deal wisely with them, lest or otherwise they will multiply and it, to, it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them out of the land. Do you see? Now you realize that anytime you begin to multiply in the Lord, anytime you begin to take your walk with God seriously, a cunningly devised plan comes against you and that comes from Satan. So what we are sharing, we are saying that Egypt represents the world system. Egypt represents the world. When you are in the world, when you are an unbeliever, you are in the world. And Egypt represents the world. And Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, represents Satan. He is a, represent, he is a representation of Satan. And the people of Israel are a representation of the people of God. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So we have the world, we have Satan, and we have the people of God who are the believers today or the Christians today. Amen. Amen. So anytime a Christian begins to multiply in the Lord, Satan comes up with a plan. He says, come on, this person is growing in the Lord. Let us deal with him wisely. This person is taking church seriously. He's going to church too much now. Come on, let us deal with him wisely. And so you realize they begin to change your schedule. They begin to, you know, call for layoff and then you cannot get a job and so many things so that you stop serving God. He says, let us do this so that we will get them out of the land. Amen. Amen. He says, therefore, they did set over them. This is their plan. This is the plan, the, the wise the, 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 the wisely devised plan of Satan or of the world. He says, therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. They did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. That means they put more work on the people, more work on the people such that you are too busy to serve God. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That you are too busy to serve God. You have no time to pray. You have no time to do your quiet time. You are always on the run. Because there is a calculated plan set against you to prevent you from serving God. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? 
Is there a way we can increase the volume a little bit so I don't shout? Amen. Amen. So he says, therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, pitoms, and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. Amen. Amen. The more they afflicted them, the more they grew and the more they multiplied. Amen. I want to tell you that when you face affliction and you continue on with the Lord and you continue on and you press on and you serve God and you see difficulties and challenges and you press on and you serve God, God multiplies you. God increases you. God exalts you. God lifts you up. Hallelujah. He exalts you. Amen. Now, last week we, we were sharing that when the enemy comes with a worldly wisdom, a calculated worldly wisdom to prevent you from serving God or prevent you from doing the things of God, you don't also face the enemy with the same wisdom. You cannot counteract an enemy with his own weapons. You have to get some weapons that are stronger than the enemy's weapons. And the weapons that we have is the word of God. The weapons that we have are the weapons that are from God. Now, most of us tend to want to use the wisdom of the world to fight the enemy. And so when the enemy is afflicting you and is afflicting you with more work to prevent you from doing the work of God, when the enemy causes your car to break down and your rent to go up, and you, 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 you lose your scholarship in school, and you, 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 you come into some financial difficulty, your way of counteracting that, your way of fighting that, is to not use the enemy's wisdom, which is to work harder, and get more jobs, and get more money, and do harder things, because that is what the enemy wants you to do anyway. But the wisdom that you need is the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God, it is foolishness in the world. In the world system, the wisdom of God is foolishness. And so the wisdom of God will teach you to, to trust in the Lord. And you persist serving God and believe in the Lord. And when you say, I am not going to take another job. Though they have increased my rent, I am not going to take another job. I am going to trust in the Lord and I'm going to believe in the Lord. People look at you and say, you are stupid. You are foolish. Why don't you get another job? But that is not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is foolishness to the people of the world. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? It is foolishness to the people of the world. Amen. Amen. That is why we cannot go by the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God will teach you, the, 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 the wisdom of the world will teach you that if you are a wife and your husband is mistreating you, your husband is not treating you well, you suspect that your husband is cheating, now you also try and live a life that will make him feel that there are other men that want you. That is how the wisdom of the world will teach you. And say that, let him know that there are other men who are interested 
you. Start dressing in a way that other men will look at you. That is the wisdom of the world. But the wisdom that is from God, it will tell you to continue to be submissive. Continue to love him. Though this is how he is, you continue to love him. And I have plans concerning this marriage. It is plans of peace and not of evil. And I'm bringing you to an expected end. But in that process, it looks as if it's foolishness. And people will look at you and they will think, are you stupid? This man is treating you this way. And look how you are cooking for him. You are all over him. You are loving him. You are doing this for him. It looks foolish. But that is the wisdom of God. That is the wisdom of God. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this afternoon? That is the wisdom of God. It looks foolish. And it's foolishness to them that are of the world. Amen. To them that are of the world. And so it is on this note that we want to know how we can escape from Pharaoh. We are of the world. Amen. Amen. To them that are of the world. And so it is on this note that we want to know how we can escape from Pharaoh. We want to know how we can escape from Pharaoh. That we can serve God fully. That we can give all ourselves to God. Hallelujah. Now I must caution you that it is not easy as we will learn to escape from Pharaoh completely. But you can escape from Pharaoh. I say you can escape from Pharaoh. Amen. You can escape from Pharaoh. Hallelujah. You can escape from Pharaoh. When when you learn about the wisdom of God and you are flowing in it, the world looks at you as if you are foolish. What is it that I come to slap you and you say, I turn the other cheek, slap me again. If you are standing and you look, you will think that I am very, you are, you are very stupid. You are, you are not wise. But the wisdom of God will tell you, stand in. Let him know that you are the man. Let him know, take off your shirt and let us stand. That is the wisdom of the world. That is what the wisdom of the world will teach you. The wisdom of God looks foolish. Hallelujah. But we are escaping from Pharaoh. So you cannot fight Pharaoh with his own wisdom. Amen. You cannot fight Pharaoh with his own wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, there are four stages. You know, it says there are stages that we will go through whenever we are trying to escape from Pharaoh. Hallelujah. Because he is determined to keep you in Egypt. Satan is determined to keep you in Egypt. Amen. And he says, but of course, escaping from the world system is not going to be easy. It was not easy for Moses and the children of Israel to leave Egypt. It was not easy for them. It was only through a determined struggle. Say a determined struggle. struggle. It was only through a determined struggle that the people of God finally escaped from Pharaoh. Dear friend, it will not be easy for you to escape from secular work. If it happens, it will be through much struggle. Hallelujah. So we want to go quickly through these four stages that we go through whenever we are escaping from Pharaoh. And the first stage, the first stage, you see, 
Every Christian, every Christian will go through these four stages. Whenever you are escaping the wealth system, whenever you are escaping, whenever you are striving to give all yourself to God, whenever you are striving to serve God with all that you have, you will go through these four stages. Now, the first stage that I want us to look at is stage number one. It says, Pharaoh does not want you to leave his employment. Pharaoh does not want you to leave his employment. Mind you, you are building treasure cities for Pharaoh. And he does not want you to leave and go and build for the Lord. Hallelujah. So this stage, Pharaoh does not want you to serve God at all. Period. He does not want you to consider God. He does not want you to serve God. He doesn't want God to be a part of your life. Now, this is when you are fully in the world. This is when you are fully in the world. So, a scripture in Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1. Let's read that quickly. It says, And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Amen. Let my people go. You see, the wisdom of God, you see, you are in Egypt, but it is telling you to go to the wilderness. Now, ultimately, where the wilderness will lead you is a promised land. But you see, along the way, it looks foolish. It says, let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Verse 2, it says, and Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? That is what Satan is saying to you. Whenever you want to serve God, the reason why you don't serve God is this is what the enemy is ministering to you. He says, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord. Neither will I let Israel go. Amen. He says, I know not the Lord. Neither will I let Israel go. You see, this is the place where they don't give you any room at all to serve God. They don't give, they make any room for you to serve God. You are typically in the world. No church in your life. No prayer. No Bible reading. There's nothing about God in your life. You are working for Pharaoh fully. That is all you do. You are a full-time worker for Pharaoh. You don't do anything for God. You don't go to church on Sunday. You don't go to church any day. You don't pray. You don't read your Bible. You don't do anything. And that is where Pharaoh really wants you. That is the first stage where he wants to keep you. Amen. The only thing you do is to work for Pharaoh. And I tell you, escape from Pharaoh has never been easy. But with Moseses, when we have Moseses, when there is a Moses available, when someone avails himself like Moses, God will send a way that you're able to escape Pharaoh. Hallelujah. I don't know how many Moseses we have in a church. I don't know how many people are prepared to be Moseses, to be sent in the church. But may the Lord give you the spirit of Moses. I say, may God give you the spirit of Moses. The spirit that concerns itself about all of other people. Amen. Can we fix that?
Hallelujah. The spirit that concerns itself about others. The spirit that cares about others. May the Lord give you such a spirit. Amen. So, you see, God wants to set his people free from Egypt. God wants you to come to him. No matter who you are, God wants you to come to him. No matter what part of Egypt you are, God wants you to come to him. And so, God sent Moses to Pharaoh. And Moses went to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh would not give in. Pharaoh would not give in. Now, did Moses give up? Did he forget about it? So how come that when you invite someone and the person doesn't come, you give up? How come that when you witness to someone and the person does not give his life to Christ, you give up? Moses never gave up. Amen. Amen. Moses did not give up. He kept going back to the Lord. He kept going back to the Lord. He kept going back and privately, he didn't tell anyone. He came to Pharaoh and he says, the Lord says, let my people go. He came to the person, he came to Pharaoh and he says, I want this person to give his life to Christ. And the person didn't mind. He went back to the Lord. He went back to the Lord privately. And he had conversation with the Lord. And he spoke with the Lord. And the Lord said, go again. Go again to that same Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. God is looking for Moseses. Moseses who will go in their closets. Moseses who after they have witnessed to someone, after they have invited someone, will go privately in their closets and go on their knees and say, Lord, I invited this person to church, but he wouldn't come. I invited this lady to church, but she wouldn't come. I witnessed to this person and she will not give her life to Christ. Lord, what should I do? And he will tell you, go again. He will tell you to go again. That is what Moses did. That is what Moses did. Hallelujah. He went again. And when he went again, he went to a second stage. He went to a second stage. And then that brings us to stage two. It says, Pharaoh will allow you to serve God, but wants you to remain with him. Pharaoh will allow you to serve God, but he wants you to remain with him. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? Auntie Maggie, you are welcome. It is so good to see you. Hallelujah. Pharaoh will allow you to serve God, but wants you to remain with him. Scripture in Exodus 8 and verse 25, it says, And Pharaoh called for Moses. And for Aaron, and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. Go. Wilson, do you understand? He says, Go, serve the Lord, but be in the land. Remain in the land. Remain in Egypt. Serve God, but remain in Egypt. Now, this is the kind of a Christian. Who is serving God is a Christian, but he is totally in the world. This is a type of Christian who is serving God, but he is totally in the world. These Christians are, they are just like unbelievers. They are still in the world. They smoke, 
They drink. They lie. They steal. They do everything like unbelievers. Sometimes I see Christians, people who call themselves Christians, and I see on their Facebook, and they are holding beer bottles, and they are dancing. They are not even ashamed. They are holding beer bottles, Christian. And it's like, even, you know, even on a TV, advertisement of beer is restricted. But Christians that are advertising beer for the world. You see, they are dancing like this and with their bottle and then you go, mm, and, and sometimes they record some of their clip and then they put on Facebook. Christians. Say, the pastor has not mentioned your name. Don't be angry. They lie by default. Christians who lie. You always want to take their they are no for yes. And they are yes for no. Even things that you don't need to lie about, you are lying. And that is what the world does. The people in the world, that is what they do. Amen. Christians who live in fornication. You are totally in the world. You are a Christian, but you live in fornication. You fornicate every night. Every night. Just like unbelievers. Every night you fornicate. And in fact, in fact, even the night that they refuse your fornication, they say, today, no, I'm not fornicating with you. I get angry. You are angry. And you are crying. And you are crying. You don't fornicate with me anymore. And you don't love me anymore. You don't fornicate with me anymore. And for three days, four days now, you have not fornicated with me. Look at you. You are angry. Christian, you are begging. Oh, what have I done to you? I am, not, am I not beautiful to you anymore? You don't like me anymore? You are begging to live in sin. Christian, say he has not mentioned your name. Christian couple, you are living as though you are married. You are living in fornication. As though you are married. Amen. Doing everything as a married person by an insane. Hallelujah. This is that stage. That stage where Christians go, go to, they, they go to parties on Saturday night. They go to parties on Saturday night and get drunk. They get drunk on Saturday. I'm talking about Christians in the world. And that is the stage that Pharaoh has released you. He says, be born again. What is this? Just give your life to Christ by remaining in the well. Just go to the church, lift up your hands and say, I am born again. Give your life to Christ. But live in the well. You, 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 you are just like an unbeliever. Nothing is changed about you. Amen. Nothing is changed about you. Am I preaching? Can I go on? Yes. Saturday you get drunk. You get drunk and sometimes they have to carry you home. They have to carry you home. Sometimes you get drunk and you urinate on yourself. Christian. The temple of God. Urinate on yourself. Sometimes they have to call your wife to come and pick you up because you are, too, you are more drunk than the unbelievers. The unbelievers actually carry you home. 
They drive, they drive you home. Sometimes you get drunk, you drive, and then you get arrested. Christian, and they are calling the pastor to come and bail you. Because you are drunk driving. And then on Sunday, you wear your nice suit. You wear your nice dress. And you make up. You do your makeup. And then you come. Sometimes you fall. And then you get some bruises. But you do your makeup. And put your sunglasses on. And then you come to church. Mercy on you. Amen. That is the, num- the stage two, Christian. Hallelujah. And then Moses goes again, and then he says, Lord, you see, God is looking for Moseses who will go on their knees and pray for such Christians. He said, Lord, the people are willing, they have given their lives, but they are still in the world. What should I do? He says, preach to them some more. Go back again. We won't give up on them. We have Christians who are like that in our church, but we won't give up on them. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Say, he has not mentioned your name. Say, the man has not mentioned your name. If you are angry, then it's your own fault. Because the man has not mentioned your name. Now, let's go to the third stage. The third stage. It says, Pharaoh does not want you to go too far. Pharaoh does not want you to go too far. You see, the Lord commanded them. He says, I want you to take a three-day journey and go. But you see, Pharaoh does not want you to go too far. He says, Exodus chapter 8 and verse 28. He says, and Pharaoh said, I will let you go that ye may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away. And he says, entreat for me. He's mocking you also. He says, I will let you go, but don't go too far. Look, these things are real, what I'm sharing with you. He says, I will let you go, but don't go too far. I will let you go, but don't go too far. Bansin, do you understand the word? I will let you go, but don't go too far. Don't go too far. That means go close, stay nearby. Stay nearby. Don't go too far. Because Pharaoh wants to get a hold of you anytime he needs you. He wants you to stay near that he can get a hold of you anytime he needs you. Hallelujah. And a lot of us feel comfortable like that. You serve God, but you don't want to go too far. Now, I want to tell you that the only way that you will remain completely out of Egypt. The only way you will go completely out of Egypt is to go very far away from Egypt. Amen. The only way you will remain serving God and giving all your all to the Lord is to go very far away from Egypt. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the only way you will stay serving God. Hallelujah. Amen. That means you have to go far in your walk with the Lord. You have to go far in your work with the Lord. You have to do something. Make sure that you are doing something for God. You are serving. People will look at you and say, listen, you are taking this thing too far. You say, that is how I want to go. I am going far. I am going far. I am going far. 
I don't see you anymore. You are in church on Sunday all day. We don't meet. And then Tuesday, you are in church. Friday, Wednesday, you are in church. What is going on? He said, I am going very far. I am not staying here. I am not staying here. That means even your old friends, your old friends who are still drinking, who are still fornicating, who are still, stay very far from them. Stay very far from them. You cannot serve God and remain close by in Egypt. You will not go far. You will come back like this. Pharaoh will just grab you and put you back in Egypt. If you want to serve God, stay very far from your alcoholic friends. Stay very far from them. You see, some of you, as you are in church, you are here. You see, that's how your friends treat you. They, are, they know you are still in the world. They know you have not gone too far. So they have gathered at some African market. They are drinking, and they say, hey, but where is Bob? And then, oh, <laughs> you know Bob and his church. <laughs> he is gone, but he will come back. What time is it? It's 3 p.m. He will come back. We will wait for him. True or not true? true. I said true or not true? Bob, Bob and his church, as for Bob and his church, on Sunday, don't joke with him. But he will come, he will come. We have to, we, let's wait for him. They say, oh, tonight the move is in Virginia. But where is Bob? Ah, they say they have some evening service. So he said, by all means, he has to go. Because he has to do something in the church. You know, so let's wait for him. Oh, and then they are waiting. Ah, then they see Bob coming, running. He has finished the church and he's coming back. Hey, Charlie, Charlie, wait, 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 don't leave me. And you are going with them. I say, if you want to stay away from Egypt, you have to move away very far. How far do you have to go? Far away. Far away. If you're going to stay near, Pharaoh will grab you and put you back. Go very far. They say, you are taking this thing too far. You say, look, my goal is to become a pastor. I am heading for ministerial position. I am going to become a shepherd. I am going to become a pastor. You say, hey, now you are writing exams in the church. That is how far I have taken this thing. I have taken it to the World Cup. I am very serious. I am taking it very far. They say, the books. You say, I have my copy. Do you have your copy? I have my copy. You have your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. I have opened my copy. You open your copy. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Tell your neighbor, where is your copy? You say, I'm taking this thing very far. Hey, now what is all these books around you? You say, I have my copy. You have your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Come on. What a blessing. You open your copy. I open my copy. What a blessing. 
What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. I have my coffee. You have your coffee. I open my coffee. You open your coffee. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. You open your coffee. What a blessing! What a blessing! What a blessing! You, you your I have my Hey, you have your I open my You my You open your You open your You open your I have my you have your copy. Hey, I have my copy. Uh, you have your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. What a blessing! What a blessing! What a blessing! You open your copy. I have my copy. Where you have your copy. I have my copy. You have your copy. I open my copy. You open your coffee. I open my coffee. You open your coffee. What a blessing! What a blessing! What a blessing! You open your coffee. Give the Lord a shout. You may be seated for for a few minutes. Is that me shouting in the church? Hallelujah. Amen. It's our church. Amen. Let me tell you, you are so blessed to be a part of this church. God is taking this church very far. Very far. Hallelujah. Amen. And we will have our copies. We are taking it very far. We are going very far. Say to your neighbor, ask for me. I am going all the way, very far. Say, I have taken this thing to the World Cup. Hallelujah. Amen. Stage number four, the last stage. The last stage. He says, Pharaoh does not want you to risk your finances in ministry. Pharaoh does not want you to risk your finances in ministry. He says, and Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your heads be stayed. Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your heads be stayed. Let your children, your little ones also go with you. So this is the stage where you feel, most Christians feel we have come very far. Even look, my whole family is in the church. My children are also in the church. I'm not going anywhere. I am in it. But he says, he says, go, go far with your family, with your children. Only let your flocks and your heads, let your substance, your financial blessing, let it not go with you. Let it remain in the world. Hallelujah. He says, go. Become a shepherd, but don't pay your tithe. Go, serve God, 
But when they are giving the offerings, just give some two dollars. Give some. Sometimes when you are coming to church, you select two dollars. And then you put it in your pocket. Because by accident, you open your wallet and you may take ten dollars. By accident. True or not true? Because of offering, because you want to give two dollars, you look in your wallet, you only have tens and fives. And you, you don't drink coffee, but you go and buy coffee. And then when you come to church, you say, do you want coffee? <laughs> why don't you bring that money to the Lord? He says, do you want coffee? Ah, but why did you, anytime anybody is offering you free coffee like that, ask him, what is the motive? Am I speaking to somebody? Oh, yes. You, you buy gum, and then you don't chew gum. Because already your teeth, they are not in good shape. So you come, and then you distribute gum. We have not asked you for gum. Do you want gum? Do you want gum? Do you want gum? Do you want gum? True or not true? Amen. He says, go, go serve the Lord, but don't let your substance, don't let your flock go with you. Let them stay with you. Amen. Let them stay with you. Now, you know, Satan, he knows, he knows that without money, the gospel will not go far. He knows that without money, we cannot go far. He knows that money is important to the gospel. And sometimes he makes money such a big deal in the church. Such that even you can't talk about it. But without money, the gospel will not go far. And so he cripples us such that we can't talk about money. Such that we can't raise funds to push the gospel. He makes it very difficult for you to give in the church. Have you not realized, have you not realized how easy it is for you to spend money on everything else except giving to the church? Have you not realized that each time you are giving to the church, it feels to you like it's too much? You can buy a dress that you will not wear for four years, three years, five years. It will not hurt you. You will see the dress hanging in your closet. And you know, sometimes you even spend your money to buy a dress that is size six and you are size ten. And then you say that, I am hoping, I am hoping that one day, I will drop down to size 6 and I will fit in this dress. And it doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother you that you have made such silly investment, an investment that you are never going to reap the fruits. You will know you will never drop to size 6. But you went to the store and the thing was 50% off plus extra 40% off. And then you look at the thing and you say, one day, one day, this dress, one day, I am going to fit in this dress. And every Saturday, every Saturday night, you go and take the dress and then the zip. You try. And then you keep trying, you keep trying. And then you, you realize you almost broke the zipper. And then you, you stop, you leave it right there. And then you take it off. Put it down. He said, one day, this dress, I will wear you. You will never wear that dress. You will never wear that dress. 
you saw the jeans on sale and it is size 8 you are 14 now now 14 and you bought the 8 size 8 and you are hoping because you saw the, the jeans on the, the mannequin in the store and how it looks nice and then you say hey this jeans 86 dollar jeans now it is 24 I will wear these jeans by honest one day I will wear this and then you buy that jeans 24 dollars and then you bring 2 dollars to the Lord and then every Friday because you want to wear a Saturday to go for grocery so Friday evening you take the jeans and then you, you, you try you try the jeans you try the jeans and then you as you are trying as you are trying you realize it's not fitting out finally you manage to Put it in. You squeeze and then you put it in. And then you realize the, the length is too long. So you want to see how it will fit you when you fix the length. And then when you bend to fix the length, you hear something. You will waste that money. Bring that money to the Lord. I say bring that money to the Lord. And then you take that jeans. You are angry. You are, you are angry. Why are you angry? You are angry and then you throw it out. Look, the enemy will make it so easy for you to spend on anything else except the work of God, except giving to the Lord. Hallelujah. And so he will cripple you in giving. And it makes it difficult for us to talk about finances. Amen. You go to, you go to McDonald's and then you can buy anything, anytime, any amount. You don't care. But when we say we are contributing in the church, $10 becomes a big deal to you. When you are giving $10, you start calculating. He says, hey, if I give $10 every Sunday, I can't do that. I can't. But you are spending $10 on other things every day, and it will not bother you. Look, our time is up. We have other activities. And if I continue, we will not finish. So these four stages, now the last thing that I want you to realize, the last thing that I want you to notice in these four stages is that you will notice that each stage that the enemy releases them to do a little thing, each stage the enemy releases them, it is because God was putting pressure on the enemy. God was putting pressure, more plagues, and then the enemy says, okay, now I'll let you go, but only stay in the land. I will let you give your life to Christ, but only stay in the Lord. Someone was interceding. Someone was praying. Someone was going back to the Lord. And as you continue to be a Moses and intercede and pray and go on your knees and pray for somebody, somebody who has stopped coming to church, somebody who has stopped serving God, somebody who has stopped doing the things of God, as you continue to go on your knees and pray for that person, God puts more pressure, more pressure on Satan, more pressure on the things that are holding the person, more pressure. And then you see the person shows up one day. And then you continue to pray, and you continue to pray, and you continue to pray. You see, now the person who was once far in the world, now the person is getting closer. Reverend, I want to do something in the church. What can I do in the church? I am coming far from Egypt. I am coming far. And then you continue praying. You continue praying. Look, any time we go before the Lord, any time we go before the Lord, and you come and sit here like this, 
and you hear the word of God. Anytime Moses came before the Lord and he heard the voice of God, anytime you come before the Lord and you hear the voice of the Lord, the Lord is breaking the bond that is holding you to Egypt. The Lord is breaking you the bond. And I see that people are going to go very far in this church. I see you going very far as the Lord is putting pressure, as you keep coming and coming. I see the Lord putting pressure on the enemy and he's taking you very far. I see pastors and lady pastors being coming out of this church. I see men and women who are rising up and going very far with the Lord. Put your hands together for the Lord as you stand onto your feet. Stand to your feet. And uh, I want you to pray for a moment and ask the Lord, whatever is holding you in Egypt, the things that are keeping you in the world, if it is friends, if it is even family, family that are in the world, people who are in the world, if it is a work, a job that is keeping you in Egypt, may the Lord release you. May the Lord set you free. May the Lord release you. May the Lord set you free to serve him. Every bond that holds you in Egypt is broken this afternoon. The things that are holding you and keeping you, we break it in the name of Jesus. We are thankful and grateful, Lord, for your loving kindness. Come and be everything yes. I ever thought I know. Oh, Father, look from heaven. As we stand here, Touch as we come before you, through as we keep hearing your word, Sunday after Sunday, so Tuesday after Tuesday, Lord, may you put pressure on Satan, may you put plagues on Satan to release us to serve you, liberate us, set us free. And the word says, Who the Lord sets free is free indeed. Lord, may you set us free serve you. May you set us free to serve you. I ever told oh, Jesus. I know. We glorify your name. We magnify Don't your name. Touch me through we lift you up. Through. We set you free. Me. The Spirit of the Lord, Lord is setting you free to serve him. Yes. So my heart becomes a home for you.
Father, we are thankful and grateful this afternoon for your word. We thank you, Lord, for ministering to our hearts. Dear Lord, we ask of God that you release your people. Set us free in the name of Jesus. If there is anyone here this afternoon with all eyes closed and all heads bowed, if you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus with all eyes closed and every head bowed. If you are here, you say, I want to move out of Egypt. I want to come out of the world. I want to serve Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to invite Jesus into my life. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, please lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Is anyone here like that? You say, I am coming out of Egypt. I am giving my life to Jesus. I will say a, a little prayer with you. If that is you, you want to give your life to Jesus this afternoon. The enemy has had a hold on you. But this afternoon, you are being released. You are being released. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I am coming out. I am coming out. I am coming out. I am coming Please out. forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Of all unrighteousness. Let the blood of Jesus wash me. Let the blood of Jesus wash me. This afternoon, this afternoon, I invite you. I invite you into my life. Into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my Master. Be my Master. Be my Savior. Be my Savior. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats. Please be seated. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.